hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and this is the Saturday morning D&D show. Welcome, uh, and thank you guys for spending your Saturday morning and hanging out with us. I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian from Sir Lucian Gaming. Hello, everybody. Welcome and, back, everybody in chat. Yeah, hello, everybody in chat as well. We got about seven people watching. That's awesome. Um, lots of stuff happening. I guess yes. top of the news is Pathfinder 2, or what are they calling it? Pathfinder 2nd yeah. Edition? I guess that's a better yeah, phrase. Yeah, 2nd Edition. <laughs> Pathfinder playtest at this moment. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the playtest is coming out um, August 2nd which is Correct. right around the time of Gen Con, if I am not mistaken. First day. Yep. Yeah, the first, first day. day. So they'll probably have a huge thing over at Gen Con detailing the new rules and stuff, um, selling yeah. those books. I thought it was interesting that they're selling books. Like, I guess, I um, like, they're giving away the material for free so that everybody can play test it. But then if you want, you can buy the material which really feels like it's something for collectors. I saw a lot of people online who were upset about, um, like, well, the rules aren't even finished yet. Why would I want to spend money on, on a book to get all of these rules? But I'm like, I don't think it's for those people. I think it's for, like, the Pathfinder nuts who want to collect something and have, like, these are what the rules were before they changed them. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I did the video. It was really funny. I saw the announcement come out, and then I went and looked, and I thought, okay, a cool playtest is coming up, and I love an RPG playtest. I mean, I've done a bunch of them already. And I thought, oh, okay, so new Pathfinder, second edition. This is cool. Yeah. When I went to the site, it said you could buy these books for like $29.99, $49.99, you know, $59.99 for yeah. a special edition cover. And I'm looking at them, and they're like real books, and I thought, well, wait a minute. They're they're gonna sell the books of the play test, and I thought, oh, I got to do a video on this because I, I wouldn't say I was conflicted, but I was like I was surprised because I'd not mm -hmm. seen that before, and um, so in that I was like kind of like yeah, I don't think I'm the type of person that's gonna buy the play test materials because I just want to play the game and see how it is and then decide I want to play the game. But several people in the comments of my video talked about that they would buy it because it's easier for them to have the rules in a book format at the table while they play test versus they don't like using PDFs while they're play testing because it's too hard to search or maneuver yeah. through a PDF while you're playing. And I sat back and I thought about that a second. I thought, okay, I could see that. If, you're, if your play tests are at a table with your friends and your group, similar to most of your games that you're playing, that makes total sense to me. Like all the testing and t stuff I'm doing is online, so it's PDFs anyways. Yeah. Like if we're in Roll20, we're using PDF copies of stuff or buying it from Roll20. So it's already searching electronically. So I'm kind of used to that. But I totally understand now somebody who says, I want a book at the table. And it I guess you could still... print it off, but like that's yeah. 200 or 400 pages. Yeah, so like book. it's yeah, a yeah. huge thing to print off. And it's um, three books it's the playtest rules. A giant playtest adventure that's supposed to take them from one to twenty, mm -hmm. and uh, placemats that they're going to offer at the same time that are for putting down on the table and using your miniatures to move around with. Yeah. So it's three products. It's clear they want to make some money off of printing that stuff out. Yeah. I have no idea what the margins are for that. If they make money off it or if they're just doing it near cost just to provide it to their players. And it did seem weird to me that you might pay fifty bucks for a book that the rules would then not be valid, right? Because if they go through the play test and the exactly, idea is yeah. give us feedback and you're like, no, I hate your initiative system, right? Mm -hmm. you, you guys need to revamp your initiative system. And if they go back and they do that, well, that book has the other initiatives. Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting. That's why I feel like comment. it's marketed at collectors, like the people yeah. that really love Pathfinder. And this is, and I'm trying to, I was trying to think like, this is not marketed towards Jordan. But, like, if D&D &D did this, would they, like, if they were like, hey, we're going to make a really nice thing of our of sixth edition, and Jordan really loves D&D, &D, I was really racking my brain whether I would buy it or not. Because, yeah. like, on the one hand, I mean, it's just something to sit on your shelf, but it's kind of cool. Like, it's, a, it's a, something to put on your coffee table, and people can flip through it, and they're like, oh, man, like, this was how it was originally supposed to be before the playtest. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Though that market is probably like me, you, and a few other people that are interested in how, what the rules might have been like point right. 
1.0 versus what they are in actual. Right. But you're right. We're we're big gaming geeks, so we would definitely get into it. Because I posed that same question to myself. I said, let's say Wizards of the Coast sent me an email and said, hey, Lucian, we love your channel. Here's a, a 400-page PDF to Dungeons & Dragons 6th edition. Do you want to buy the hardcover? And I'd be looking at that like for forty nine ninety five, and I'd be thinking... Man, I already buy a bunch <laughs> of your books. Yeah. And I do want your game. And I can have the PDF so I can play your game. Do I want the hardcover? It's a tough sell. Yeah. It's a tough sell for me. I'm already buying so many of their books. Yeah. And you know you're so. going to get the book when it actually is released. So, yeah. But I don't want to discourage anybody that's a gigantic Pathfinder fan. If this is like the coolest thing ever and you want to get those books, I encourage it because it helps their company continue to put out content they oh, put yeah. out quality stuff so it's not like you're paying 49 dollars for something that's crap you're putting out quality i think of it as you're paying for the artwork because i think the pdf may have the artwork in it but it's it's never as good as if you have a book that has it you know yeah in the, in the pages that you can flip through so to me you're paying for the printing you're paying for the artwork you're paying for them working on it and you're giving them some extra money so they can keep continuing you know their company and their business so if you like their company do that I didn't even think about the artwork because I think the D&D Next playtest didn't have a lot of artwork, if any. Right. Like, it was just, here's the math, here's the rules, et cetera. Um, so, there, but there must be artwork in this. Like, this yeah, must there is. be like it's a, a more, full book. Okay, yeah. 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 If they're it's selling crazy. it, I was like, it must have that because if they're, they're selling just 400 pages of rules, like, here's your textbook, Kathunk. Yeah. And there was a question in, um, they are selling a soft cover version. They are selling a hardcover version, and they're selling a premium cover version with some different artwork on it. So it's like a real release. And you get the PDF for free if you want it on August 2nd. You can go to their website, you can download the PDF, and you can playtest the game in their playtest campaign and all that stuff. So you don't have to buy it to playtest. It's yeah. definitely not a gated test. Although many... I'm. I'm a guy who pays money all the time in the computer industry, computer game industry, to say, hey, I'll play your beta. Here's my $20. Yeah. So why not in the RPG, you know, RPG arena? So I didn't want, I didn't want uh, Pathfinder, that announcement to take up too much, but it's definitely a cool conversation, and it's something that I think everybody should take a look at. Maybe we'll put the links in your video when it goes up. Oh, yeah, I can um, do that for sure. And it can show um, that. So have you played Pathfinder? There. Like, just to stay on this topic for <laughs> too much yeah, longer, yeah. but... <laughs> I, I played it one time, um, and it plays very much like uh, 3.5. Mm -hmm. And the reason we were looking at it was because the person didn't like 4th uh, Edition when it had come out, D&D 4th Edition. Yeah. So, But they wanted to play something that was different than what we had been playing. And so he picked up Pathfinder. He picked up their, I think their, uh, their world is called Galarian or something like that. Galarian? I don't know how to oh, I don't it. know. I, I was thinking G. Midgard, but that's the Kobold Press world. Yeah, yeah, no, it starts with a G, the one that's their actual world. And uh, played a lot like 3.5. I mean, it was, uh, like you said, uh, we had talked a little bit at pre-show, you've heard it called 3.75, which I think yeah. is a very apt moniker for They just fixed Pathfinder a lot of the problems that were in 3.5, if I yeah. know my Well, and my here's the thing. It, RPG the guys history. that did it mm. were two guys that came from Dungeons & Dragons. They worked on... Dungeons and Dragons third edition mm -hmm. when Wizards of the Coast decided they were going to go to fourth fourth edition and they were going to make a bigger change because of the o OGL the open gaming license allowed people to use the OGL rules the SRD 20 rules yeah they went off and built their own company and continued to do things that were 3.5 like related and yeah. that's how that whole company you know got going Eric Mona and Jason Bowman yeah yeah I played second edition and then I jumped right to fourth edition <laughs> as everyone in chat's going to be like, Oh, you played fourth edition. But, um, we were just getting into Dungeons and Dragons and the person that introduced me played primarily second edition. Cause that's what he grew up on. And then when he was no longer in the picture, we were like, Oh, well the latest version is fourth. I guess we'll play the latest version. It didn't even dawn on us to play 3.5. Cause I didn't understand the edition wars at the time. Yeah. I didn't um, either. But, uh, so I have not played 3.5, nor have I played Pathfinder, but I'm really curious about, um, uh, these rules. Cause I think competition is really good. I think, um, I think honestly, Pathfinder was probably one of the best things to happen to the franchise of Dungeons and Dragons 
because before that they were like, oh, well, we're kind of the top dog in town. And then when Pathfinder was super popular over fourth edition, they had to like readjust and, and basically we get fifth edition because of that, you know, because yeah. of of the what what do players want and we need to have excessive play tests and we need to understand that not that the rules are necessarily balanced because you can have an unbalanced thing at a table and just the gm can kind of fix it but but to really how do we make these rules fun i guess and how do we make the game Mm -hmm. fun and i think that was because of pathfinder so the fact that they're making a second edition is the next logical step for pathfinder um but they have so many books for pathfinder first edition they just couldn't keep making books like that. Like I, I think eventually yeah. you're going to get the same thing with fifth edition. They're going to have to make a sixth edition just because they can't put out more content for that. That well, they could, but like it's you're you're twenty four books of content. yeah. You're not yeah, bringing in new players with with books like that. And they're like, how do yeah. you bring in new players? You start with a new edition where people can love like to start see kind of like in. a like a documentary of moving from three. Th- third edition to fourth edition to fifth edition, how Pathfinder fit into that and how the psychology of gamers who decided at some point, a majority of them that were loud enough to decided that fourth edition wasn't very good and was able to convince many people who were just getting into the system. Oh, I keep hearing bad things about fourth edition. I'm not going to play it. Mm -hmm. When in reality, we've talked to people who loved that game. Matt Colville loved fourth edition. Yeah. You know, so there are people out there that think it was a great addition, but yet somehow it got moved into the general knowledge and collection or, or consciousness of the, the tabletop role player games that fourth edition wasn't very good. And Pathfinder became super popular because of it. And then, like you said, fifth edition had to grab those reins back. So in some ways, Wizards of the Coast has to owe them a little bit for keeping the whole genre yeah. relevant during the time they got fifth edition up. And then we hit the renaissance boom of what fifth edition and tabletop role-playing is in the last two years Yeah, is through the roof yeah. now. I mean, it is crazy. The uh, The player's handbook is like in the top 10 of Amazon's best-selling book list. Yeah, still. You know, a five-year-old <laughs> book. That's crazy. So that's an interesting subject. I'd love to see if somebody does a true full-on documentary, talks to all the people involved, talks to people who look at the psychology of the time, because that would be a fascinating watch for me. That I, would be I'd a be fun totally movie, yeah. Into it. yeah. Chat, go Good out and stuff. make a documentary so that we can watch it. Somebody in chat, please. All right, that was good. Um, what else we got topics about? The Shadar Kai. Shadar Kai? Shadar Kai? Shadar Kai. Yeah, hmm. so this is the new, probably playable race that's going to be in Tomafos. Did you see, speaking of Tomafos, did you see that they tweeted out the gith the gith uh stats yeah yeah so that was oh really no cool. i didn't see the stats oh no I yeah so the um yet. they tweeted out that uh somebody was like it was on twitter and i forget who it was but some guy um was jokingly like here's here's a picture of the cover and then it was like an hour later it was like well nobody's around so here's a picture of page you know 242 or something and it was um the gith stats and so and it's you know typical stats or whatever you speak gith in one other language and you have like a plus two constitution or something i forget the actual stat bump but uh it's really cool so it's going to be a playable race and i think the shatter kai is going to be a playable race but they're they're fey creatures instead of human creatures which in fourth edition i think pretty sure they were humans and so i'm yeah. getting this on my my uh, shadow fell video that i created a while ago people are commenting they're like well they're elves now well they're elves now and i'm like well when i yeah. made this they weren't elves so just yeah. back off a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they're uh last week on the D channel if you guys watch their uh, twitch channel they did a several videos talking about shadow kai the raven queen um, and how that, and they're talking about that because it ties into Morden Caden's uh, Tomb of Foes that's coming out pretty quick. Yeah. And yeah, some of the, so they're talking about some of the new playable races and, and some of these creatures and, and diving deeper into those backgrounds. And that was very interesting. They talked about how Shatter Kai has changed from third edition to fourth edition to fifth edition. It's one of the races that has changed quite a bit. And has been different things throughout, and they're they're bringing it back around to that they're they're pretty fey, they're pretty um, 
they're more more like a fey creature yeah than elf. they're not just like the Eladrin elves the, but they're yeah. from fey origins and so they want to make a counterpart to the Eladrin. and yeah. so i totally understand they're like we have elves and then we have Eladrin on the fey like super fey wild side we want to have shadarkai on the super shadowfell side so it kind of makes yeah, sense you, you're that gonna have to do like an up. update video to your shadowfell soon i know that i I keep saying that I need to make like a corrections video where I'm like, here's all the questions I get or all the people that point out that I've done something wrong. And I just need to make like a, a 30 minute video of me being like, and now this is this and this is different. And I was wrong here and that will make nobody happy and nobody will watch that video. But <laughs> everybody in chat and listening to the show mute mute for just a second. As I tell uh, uh, Jordan, what he should call the show, you should call it, Forgotten Realms explained errata. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll we're get back. on that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word, errata. They use it all the time. It's awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> so what did you do this stuff. week in games? What's going oh, on in I your games? Oh, I had some good gaming. Yeah? Yeah, good full gaming week for me. Um, Monday Night Storm King's Thunder, my team, my group, my players, my heroes um, got themselves out of jail by talking instead of fighting their way out, which was much better way than they had started to think about doing it. And so they got themselves out of that and they had a nice little fight with the Weevil. They uh, are now heading north to collect a bounty and that's going to kind of move that storyline on. So it's a pretty good set. It's a pretty good couple of episodes as they kind of mm -hmm. um, keystone cop it, cops it through a couple of uh, things there. So they're pretty entertaining if you watch the last two so that's been pretty good. Um, my Borderlands session on Thursday was fantastic. Again, this is the one I'm not streaming. This is the one I'm not even recording because the players in it are friends of mine. Yeah. And I, they weren't necessarily as comfortable with putting their stuff out. They wanted to just feel a little bit. They didn't want to have to feel like hundreds of people were watching them or anything. But this game is so good, and I should be putting it out there because they're really into their role-play characters. They're really into diving into their player personalities and the things that happen. One guy's playing a very PTSD kind of character who these battles keep going the wrong way and he keeps getting more and more upset about it. And he's like, why are we doing this? This is stupid. This is so dangerous. Why are we even out here? And it's just really good the way he plays it. And um, lots of good backstory, lots of good dungeon delving episode. And they were just really into it. And it was just like, Super fun game. Eventually, I might talk them into letting me put it up because it is so good right now. Um, so that's been really fun. What I liked about that, too, was it was a good session from a DM standpoint because it was we continued a battle in a dungeon environment, basically. Um, they were in a room, and they decided to search it, but they had just used everything they had to beat the room they were in, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were all talking about, maybe we should rest. Maybe we should rest. Maybe we should rest. And I'm thinking about, in my mind, well, yeah, I know it's in the next room. You guys really should rest. Yeah. But I'm not saying anything. And one of their guys wanders out and triggers the second room. Oh, no. So they have no spell slots. They get into a big fight. They can't win at this point. Things start to go bad. <laughs> but they do the thing that we always tell people is, if a fight looks bad, get the heck out of it. And they did it. They use disengages, they use dashes, they use uh, a very good way of moving through the hallways to get all of their group out, and they were able all to get up and out, up into the forest, and uh, I didn't chase them any further than that, not to be you know, a jerk about it, and uh, I thought it was good. They, I wanted to reward them for saying, hey, we got into a fight we couldn't handle, mm -hmm. let them get out. You know, If they're going to make the effort to get out, let that happen. Don't, you know, don't really just dive in on them. If they're going to stay in the fight, throw everything you got at them. But if they're going to make that, that, uh, extraction, then, you know, kind of let that happen so that they learn the idea that they can leave a fight. So I really like that in that session for my players. So that Sweet. was pretty cool. Sounds epic. It was, it was so good. I'm having a lot of fun. It's my homebrew. It's my pre-hex crawl West March's game. It's all stuff that I'm doing with zero prep, maybe an hour prep before we start the session. And what's so cool about that is it feels very freeing and very creative to mm -hmm. just sit down and say, okay, we've got an hour. I kind of know where they're at. What kind of thing do I want to throw at them? And I'm throwing at them um, character background stuff. So like I had a, one of them wants to, he's a fighter now and he's going to move into cleric at some point. 
but he wanted there to be a game reason to do that, not just a player deciding to do it mechanical reason because he's going to multi-class. And so we'd been talking about at some point would a god approach him, you know, and say, hey, you should be a champion of mine. Mm-hmm. Or you, we should, you know, this is how it should work. And so he told me that way in the beginning. And, and this was the first night where I brought that in where he had a talk with this being that he is obviously godlike and has offered him, if you do a great enough deed, then I will grant you a boon. Basically, the ability to spell cast or, or give you power. So it leads into his backstory. And that kind of stuff just comes off of one hour of prep without having to write out like a full narrative book that's 400 pages before I start my campaign. This was this challenge to myself to improv really cool things happening with very little prep. So yeah. it's, been, it's been really good. That's awesome. So the West March style, they're, they're kind of coming to you at the end of the campaign or the end of the session. And they say, this is what we want to do for next session. Yeah. And then, and then you're just kind of improving, rolling off of that. That's yeah. where that, that, that sounds awesome. Yep. That sounds really yep. cool. And I'm trying to make our, well, we're, we're only doing about a two hour to two and a half hour session. It mm-hmm. works better if you've got a four hour session because a four hour session is enough for you to say, you guys go out, stuff happens, you come back. Mm-hmm. Two hours, we keep running into this. You go out, stuff starts to happen. We don't have enough time to finish stuff happening. So right. now the next session happens, and we have to finish what's happening and then decide what's going to happen after that. West March is, is the reason you want to do they go out and they come back because it allows players to drop in and out of the game. That's the whole point is to create a game where each Sunday, if you have a different number of players or the different ones show up, they still can gather as a group in a town, go out, do a cool adventure for four hours, come back with all their loot, and that's that's the adventure. Yeah. And so you're trying to do that. The two hours, it's not working out as well. So for me, I'm learning, because this is my pre-West Marches, you need a little bit more time in West Marches to make sure they have enough time to go out, do some adventuring, use up all their food, say, oh, it's time to go back to camp, mm-hmm. go back to camp. So I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. It reminds me of, well, something I was going to bring up later, but I'll bring it up now, is I bought this book called The Dark of Hot Springs Island, which I am now seeing in my video is backwards because my camera is backwards. But yeah. um, and On it's, my screen, it was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So watch it on Twitch, guys, because that YouTube guy. Um, but The Dark of Hot Springs Island is this hex crawl book that I bought, and it's this really like rich world. And your players are supposed to just kind of like land on a corner of the island and then start exploring. And it's improv friendly because it has all these roll tables and you're encouraged as a DM to be like, oh, you're in hex number four. Let me roll all of the things that happen on hex number four. And then I basically create a story from the like four or five different things that I that I wrote. And I'm like, okay, we've got some elementals. They're protecting um, some like maybe baby elementals. And we've got some like wild rabid boar in the corner. Like, why are they rabid? Oh, there's a disease. And you, like you kind of fill in the, the gaps as the DM. And then your players inadvertently build this whole story around uh, this island, Hot Springs Island. Um, it's a really cool book. I haven't finished reading it yet, but it's like, I don't know. It's it's really awesome. And, I, and I've and i been saying that I want to like shoot my players into space. But after I got this book, I'm like, I think after I finish the, the next like campaign arc, I'm going to have them like drop in on Hot Springs Island and see about running this. Or maybe I should yeah. take the plunge and run it online because that could be really fun too. <laughs> Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah, Questing Beast did a really good job of selling me on getting that book. So it's yeah. definitely on the list of things that I want to get to have as a DM resource and as a thing to say, here's some cool things that you could do um, that has to do with more of an open sandbox style game yeah or the hex crawl style game which i've really been into exploring it's not that you want to do all of your campaigns that way but you definitely want to play around with you know the difference between like a a published campaign like i'm doing storm king's thunder a homebrew campaign where you've written out all the storyline and all the thing and then the idea of you haven't written anything out it's your players and you're just making stuff up on the fly and really taxing those creative muscles you have as a dm to say oh I just rolled skeletons are here. Just like you said, let me come up with a really super cool reason why, yeah. you know? 
So. Yeah, and Indoor Adventure, it's uh, Hot Springs Island is not on Amazon, but if you search the dark of Hot Springs Island, um, you'll find that there is a website called Sword Sword Islands. Uh, I forget the actual name, but that's the company that makes the book, and they'll sell it to you there. Um, it's not cheap. It's $60, but the PDF is only $15, um, and it's a really awesome PDF as well. I just wanted the physical book because I like physical books and collecting and um, just like we were talking about with the playtest, I like having the physical book at the table rather than a PDF. But um, yeah. yeah. And as far as cool. Cyberwolf had a good question too, I wanted to ask where are there any modules you've played in that are good West March's style adventuring? And uh, I would almost say I haven't played Hot Springs Island, but that seems like it could be because at the end of the session, the players could say, well, we want to explore this hex next week. And so you could prep that next hex by rolling on the tables and what have you. But um, I don't think there's a lot yeah. of fifth edition adventures that are like West Marches in general, except you have something to say. So go right ahead, sir. <laughs> Tomb of Annihilation oh, is really? a very good center of the island hex crawl. Um, and everybody's been raving about it lately because it is a regular adventure that has a storyline and has plenty of things going on, but the map at the center of Cholt Island is all covered over, and it's all random tables, random uh, wilderness exploration. It's things happen as they go, and it's very hex crawl like mm-hmm. um, So as far as 5th edition, it's the closest they've come to doing a full-on hex crawl for sure. So yeah. if you're looking for something, Tomb of Annihilation is a good one. Yeah. The other cool yeah, thing about yeah. uh, hot, The Dark of Hot Springs Island is they made two books, um, and they made another book called The Field Guide of Hot Springs Island, and that's supposed to be like an in-game book that they can find. So oh. you you buy this book, and like if your players come across it, you basically hand over this book to your player, and it's got notes and like... Um, information on the different plants and animals there and like which is poisonous and which is not and like some like uh uh like field guide kind of interesting stuff and i didn't buy that book because it was an extra 40 dollars and i wasn't prepared to drop a hundred dollars on rpg books but um now that i picked this up i think definitely next paycheck i'm going to try and pick that one up as well because it just completes the set and it's a really cool idea to be able to like hand that to your players Oh, and I should say, if you buy the books, you get the PDF. They did not sponsor this show, by the way. I just really like Hot Springs Island. (laughs) Though if they want to sponsor the show, we would never turn them down. (laughs) But But, uh, for sure. So any other games that you got going on? Um, Video-wise, I did some stuff. I made some How to GM Masks videos. Right, and that's a superhero RPG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powered by the Apocalypse system. It's what I did at Gen Con not too long ago. And I'm going to be doing a uh, Marmalade Dog coming up pretty soon. And I thought they were just videos that you can find some actual plays out there, but I thought I would put together a nice, here's how I would run the game and here's how I set things up. Here's how I go through character creation with the players at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how I run the game. Here's how I set up a couple of scenes to teach the mechanics to then set up how the the rest of the adventure goes and the ending scenes and that kind of stuff. So I hope it'll help anybody. It can be used for anything, but it's definitely meant for uh, mass the a new generation. I keep saying the next generation, <laughs> a new generation. Um, and what's and also it's mostly just a test format of how to do some different videos. So we've been doing a lot of live stream stuff. We've been doing a lot of actual plays on my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Jordan does the Forgotten Realms explain stuff. So it's a little homage to um how jordan does some of his videos i thought i'm using a little bit of that style to play around and get mm-hmm. my video editing skills you know a little better and uh so hopefully i'll be doing more of those things yeah yeah cool. sounds awesome all right so hey graybeard's hosting us that's good thanks graybeard thank you graybeard uh, i did walk down to my game store and walked in and said place my morden canaan's tome of foes on reserve and i'm going to get the the second, the alternate copy that you only get cover. That the you special cover, the yeah. Store. Yeah. Cool. So that is on order. Can't wait to get it. The day it comes in, I'll bring it home, and I'll probably, just like everybody else, do a video on it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> standard array, I skipped this last Sunday because I didn't have a topic, and I'd still been dealing with flooding in the house. And at that point, I just really did not want to do anything at 8 o'clock at night after bailing water all day long so oh, i yeah. skipped it but hopefully tomorrow night i'll have something interesting for you guys if you want to stop by probably going to be an 8 p.m eastern show and i'm just gonna pb's not back yet 
So it'll just be me rambling, but um, you can swing by for that. And then uh, I'll save that last piece there on our notes probably for the end. And then if we still have any time, but I need we need to let you talk. Jeez, we, I went through the whole thing. <laughs> what did you do, Jordan, in Dungeons & Dragons this week? Well, in D&D, I did... Um... I read Hot Springs Island, which was, well, I got about halfway through that or three-fourths of the way through that. But um, in RPGs in general, on Monday, I go. played my Numenera game over on Saber Dice. And that was uh, our second session. And the first session, I had, like, a moderate amount of fun. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of figuring out Numenera. But that second session, I definitely had a lot of fun. And I think the system's kind of clicking with me. And just, like, the the characters, we kind of know each other more than just, hey, we're playing a random game now because um, we've had at least one session down. So we were kind of, like, joking back and forth. And that was awesome. And if you want to check that out, you can check it out on Saver Dice channel. But uh, we nearly died, and it was an amazing experience. So we were we're kind of in this like jungle setting and we're trekking through this jungle and all of a sudden these spiders come down and they're they're they've got seven um little like spider legs and then their eighth leg are actually human hands and i was just Ooh. like ah ah creepy i don't like it <laughs> um <laughs> so they were like shooting out webbing and trying to like wrap us up and stuff and uh it's funny because one of the characters um Silica, she was like, well, I'm going to try and like reason with them. And the poor DM was looking at her just like, you're going to reason with this. Okay, reason away. And so she rolled really well, but it was one of those things where it's like, they don't really understand you. Um, So, oh, and my dog is whining. So sorry about that. Um, (laughs) But they didn't really understand, uh, understand her. And so they're, they're basically trying to eat us. And then I proceeded to roll natural one after natural one after natural one. I rolled three natural ones in a row. And in that game, when you roll a natural one, the GM gets something called the GM intrusion, where he gets to change the battlefield in some way. So my first natural one is, well, actually, I rolled really well. You In Numenera, you roll defensive rolls and you roll attack rolls. So when the spider attacked me, I rolled my defensive roll, which was really good. And because it was so good, he said, I got to change the, um, the battlefield a little bit. So I said, he's trying to grapple me with like some spider web. Can I grab the spider by the web and like swing it around in a circle and try to hit a tree or something? And he's like, sure. So that was my attack. I rolled a natural one. So he said, as I spin this spider around the webbing, like gets around my hands and my hands are now tied together. So for the entire fight, I was running around with my hands together trying to like hit or squeeze or like shoulder knock (laughs) down these spiders. My next natural one, the GM said that the spider then stole my weapon, which was a big two-handed hammer. He used that hammer. The spider used that hammer to then attack our nano, which is like a mage, and got him down to like no help hit points. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Sounds fun. By my... And then in, uh, and we were talking about this before, but like in Numenera, if you want to accomplish a task, you can spend effort, but if you spend effort, it pulls from the same pool that is basically your hit points. So you have three pools of stuff. You have might, speed, and intellect. And when your might goes to zero, you start losing hit points from your speed. And when your speed goes to zero, you start losing hit points from your might or from your intellect. And when intellect, when all three of them are at zero, you're dead. Now, if I want to accomplish something, I can spend something. So let's say I want to attack somebody and I'm going to hit him with my hammer. I'm going to apply effort. Well, when I apply effort, I take three away from my might pool to like help me basically attack with um, my hammer. So it's this really cool system where it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like I can try and hit and make it easier, but I'm also taking damage when I do that. Uh, I have a might pool of 21 points. And by the end of this fight, I was down to three. I had three might left and it was just ridiculously intense. Yeah. And when you move from one pool to another, there are some negatives. It's like you can think of it as almost like exhaustion levels in D&D. So just think of that idea that... You're if, if in fifth ed ways of thinking of it, your hit points 
are your action economy. So you're a you're a third level guy, and maybe you have 20 hit points. But every time you want to swing a little harder, or mm-hmm. add a little more damage, or make it a little easier for you to hit, you take some of your hit points away to do that. Yeah. Plus, you're getting hit on their turn. Yeah. So it's this weird thing of you trying to decide: Do I spend the effort to do it when that's also going to hurt me? Is it you know is it worth it? So it's a really cool thing to do while you're playing. It's I like it's it a, a fun lot. Risk reward system for sure. Yeah. Um, but gosh, I just kept rolling natural ones and it got to the point and other people were rolling natural ones as well. So it wasn't just me. And it got to the point where the GM was just like, stop rolling those because I don't have any more ideas of what I can do to you guys. Like what bad thing can I make happen? And we're just like, Ooh, um, ultimately we won through me rolling. Or I was like, okay, is this going to be my fourth natural one in a row? And I rolled a 19, which is like this partial critical and I get to do something. So I said, can I rip my hands apart from this uh, sticky web? And he said, yes. So now that my hands were free, I was able to like pick up my hammer and smack the last spider and kill it. And it was epic. But now I'm really curious because we're going to start the game on Monday and I'm, I guess we have to like do a couple rests or something, but like I've got three might left. Like we are not prepared to keep trekking through this jungle. So I'm, I don't know. It's going to be super interesting, <laughs> but well, Numenera was the, fun. The, yeah, that was silver lining to that is you get a lot of XP for those ones. That's right? true. Because every well, time you roll that one, they hand them out, right? No, no, he doesn't hand out. Like if the GM intrudes on a, on just regular, like if he just wants to intrude as far as this is how my understanding of the rules, if a GM just says, well, I'm going to intrude on this he hands out experience points. But if we roll a natural one, he gets a free intrusion. Uh, if I'm understanding the rules correctly. So that's how he played uh, it. But at the end it, of it, they rolled a one. I gave out XP. Yeah. But at the end of it, he was, he did hand out experience points. So we've, we've each got one experience points and nice. you can use experience to reroll dice or you can use it to level up. It's kind of, it's multiversal, which is interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then I went to um, Adventures League this week, which was probably, I think I said this the last time I went to Adventures League, but this was the most fun I had at Adventures League so far. And one of the GMs didn't show up, so they were piling us all on this one table. And these guys were going through the Tomb of Annihilation uh, Adventure League content. And there was going to be, I think... 14 or 15 out of us players at a table and the GM was just looking at this and he's like, this is, we can't do this. This is ridiculous. Um, so he was trying to like figure out, but it was really fun talking with those guys. They'd obviously been playing like adventure league for quite a while. And one of them had a journal that he was keeping. So he was keeping a journal, but it was super neat cause he aged all the pages with tea and um, he was he's also an artist, so he was drawing things like, oh, this is when our wizard got attacked by a mimic. And so he drew a mimic and he drew the wizard like being eaten by it. And it really made me want to go back to um, an art project that I had where I was doing a uh, spell book. And I found this really great um, book at Universal Studios. Uh, I went to Universal Studios and they have the Harry Potter area. And I totally bought, bought like a, sl- a Slytherin notebook. And I've been slowly <laughs> using it as a spell book and I've been adding spells to it. And I'm like, I got to get back to that. But I've been drawing little pictures for all the spells. Like Gust has like, you know, here's here's person A and they shoot the Gust out like this. And Magic Missile <laughs> has all these symbols and things. Nice. So I'm like, I should go back and finish that because that was a lot of fun. Uh, but ultimately another DM showed up. So we all got like merged over to this other table, which was more manageable with like seven players, I think, um, mm-hmm. with him. And he's taking us through Sunless Citadel, which has been um, a lot of fun and an adventure that I have not read. So I was really excited that I bought uh, the Tales from the Yawning Portal, but I decided not to read Sunless Citadel so that I can actually play through it and enjoy it. Um, and we met a bunch of kobolds and we decided to side with the kobolds. They're having problems with the goblins. We Everyone just decided that we didn't like goblins more than kobolds. So we're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll totally help you like get rid of these goblins. So we're running through the goblin area now. Um, There was a door that was locked that we couldn't open because you needed turn undead, which we were really excited we had a cleric, but unfortunately our cleric was level one, so she didn't have turn undead. Uh, So this just magic door kept was uh, was locked and was really frustrating us. Um, But yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. I'm curious, like our whole mission with 
uh, Sunless Citadels were trying to find these magical golden apples. And so far we haven't run into anything like that. So I don't know if the goblins have them or the kobolds, but it's been it's been really fun running around. And I got to level three, although the, nice. the guy was joking. Um, he w- The DM was joking. He's like, well, how, man- how much experience do you need to get to level three? And I'm like, oh, like 168. He's like, you get 162 experience. I'm like, what? <laughs> Everybody else got like 300. <laughs> so they... They gave, yeah, I finally leveled up. So now my bard is level three, which I get um, the- Pick your college, right? Yeah, the college. That's what I was trying to think of. So I chose College of Swords. So I'm going to be this like melee bard, dual wielding scimitars. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't know, like I said, like I, now that I'm talking, I'm playing in Numenera and I'm playing in Adventures League. But before this, I really didn't get to play a bunch. So I'm, I'm getting super attached to this bard. And I'm making like little spell cards for him and I'm having a lot of fun. So, uh, cool. yeah, it was a fun, fun week of D and D for so, me. So I didn't it's a pl- lot of Jordan playing, not a lot of Jordan of running no. any, any games I'm hearing. No, didn't run any <laughs> games. Cause again, my players are busy people. So we're, <laughs> we're hopefully going to play tomorrow and then I'll have some more stuff. But as far as that's going they're they're just wandering the desert and they ran into a caravan of people and they, once they, talk to those people they have to make a decision whether they want to help the caravan or they want to go back to the city and i'm prepared for both so we'll see nice. which which direction they want to go and which i like giving i like giving players options like that like me as the dm i can i can really go any way you know some dms they're like well i prepped this huge thing so whatever decision you make you're probably going to run into that huge thing that i prepped excuse me and that's that's a really fine way of doing it, but I don't mind prepping two things at once or at least having enough uh, enough prepped that I could run either one with significant improv. Um, so it's really like, do they want to restock up and go back to the city or do they want to help this caravan with their, their problem of, uh, well, I won't give it away because I think some of my players watch this, but are they going to help them with a problem? And either one is going to be a lot of fun. So I don't know. I'm really excited. And I'm always so curious as what they're going to choose. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting. And what, what level are they? They are level nine. Um, oh, nice. When they reach the town and finish the town adventure, I think they'll be level 10. And yeah, so my, my storm Kings thunder group is level seven. So that's been fun. We're getting close to probably level eight at some point. Yeah. And then the borderlands one, they're level two on the brink of being three. Nice. Do you do, do you hand out experience or do you just do milestone? Storm Kings thunder milestone. Uh, the homebrew borderlands I'm doing exactly the way it would be in the book. So you get XP for killing what creatures. And I always give a bonus for if they find something in the room that they're supposed to find, like they found a book this last time. So they get, you know, 50 XP for that. Um, if they do certain things, I put little other things in there that they can earn little bits of amounts, but it's mostly from the creatures they're killing, you know, right off of a thing. So one of them is generating the XP and they get it at the long rest is when I hand it out. Uh, uh, almost adventure league ish kind of. Okay. Whereas the other one's milestone. So I'm playing with the reason I'm doing the two is I'm playing with the different styles, the, uh, the big prep bought, system versus the no prep improv west marches crawl different xp different amount of time different number of players just like all these things i want to experiment with to figure out what i like to do the best i'm trying them all out so i have a really good vision in my head of how each of them works Hmm. so do you find it like i started using milestone experience because i found that calculating experience is just too cumbersome. Like, is it, is it a problem for you or do you, do you enjoy it or? No, so far it's been pretty good, but again, we're down at the lower levels. So it's not as big of a deal at this point. You know, I don't know if it will be later on. Um, And I think when you're calculating XP, they don't, it feels slower to me on how often they level up. Whereas milestone seems to happen a little more often, but that just could be the module and that could just be the game itself. There's a lot of factors that could be into that. Um, So far it's not been too big of a deal. Like they fought in this last battle, they fought two vine blights. They fought two uh, insect hordes. So it was only four things. Um, And so it wasn't too bad to split it up by five people. Um, Okay. It's been pretty straightforward so far. Hmm. 
yeah, I just, I don't know. I just hate experience like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather, <laughs> I'd much rather just be like, no, it feels like you guys should be level three by now. Or like, okay, you, you finished this big, big, uh, part of the story. Now's a good time to level up. Yeah. yeah. But it's also from a player's pr- perspective, because in Venture League, we get experience. And from a player perspective, it is a lot of fun to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so close to my next level. Like we, And that's where the murder hobo comes in, I think, because you're like, let's just go yeah. out and kill something. Like, I don't care what it is. All I need is 25 experience. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the pros and cons I've heard for our milestone is that um, sometimes players can feel like it doesn't matter what they do. There's just certain set times where they're going to level up. Yeah. Right. And so I think, but that's on us as DMs to make sure that that doesn't feel that way, even though that's really what's happening. We don't want it to feel that way. We want to feel like they're provided opportunities where their characters have grown. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that now at this big juncture, yeah, you've learned some stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you put your time in. Um, so there is, there is a little bit to that. But like you said, murder hoboing when all of a sudden they were like, yeah, we're only 20 away. They're like, Hey, can we kill the horse or yeah. what happens if I punch a PC? Are they worth some XP. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to kill anything at that point. Like trees are trees worth one XP. <laughs> you know, they're just going crazy. So did you get experience points too. out for solving traps and stuff too? Is that part of fifth edition? Yeah, it oh, can okay. be if you, if you wish it to be. Yeah. Oh, okay. You certainly can. They encourage it in the DMG to do that kind of stuff. Okay. I Yeah, like I said, I just don't kind of whatever. Yeah, I always try to put like in a area, like if there's a room of something or an encounter, there's the creature XP, and this is me personally, mm-hmm. and then I want to put in something that says if they do something like they try to befriend them or they try something cool that their characters normally would do. They could earn 50 XP or if they find a book that happens to be hidden away or they find a secret door in the room, that should be worth a little bit. Any of those things where they're, they're really using their skills and they're really using their player knowledge to, or their character knowledge to, to further the story. I want to find a way to, to reward if I can um, little it, itty bitty pieces. So yeah. it encourages them to do all the stuff, not just the, we murder whatever's in front of us. Cool. Uh, indoor adventure had a good question. Do you ever hand out XP for staying out of combat? Because you were mentioning yeah. that your, your people were really smart about not fighting their way out of the jail. They talked their way out of the jail. Yeah. So. And I, I, this is what I said at the end of that session. I said, because they did their long rest and I said, I'm going to give you 50 XP per player. Mm -hmm. Um, for getting yourself out of that combat. And the reason it's only 50, because I have a very good feeling they're going back in to kill them. So I don't want to give them the full value when I know they're going to turn right around in the next episode and go right back in and then have to give them the value again. So I'm going to give them some to say, oh, you went in, you fought, but you you pulled back out. I'm going to give you a little bit for that. And then it's still there if you want to go back and, and defeat them at some point. I think there will be encounters where I will give a full, like let's say uh, a, a giant comes in and tries to catch them and they run away and they're really clever about finding a cave and getting away from a big giant. At the end of that, if I know they're never going to fight that giant again, mm-hmm. I will probably give them the full value of the giant because they've defeated the giant from killing them. So that still is the same kind of thing as killing them. But all I want to do is be sure that I'm not providing a double dip into the same thing. Like I don't want to give them, here's your 500 or 2,500 experience for getting away from them. Oh, and now you just killed them again. So here's another 2,500 experience. So that makes sense. And that's a, I guess that's a fine line. You have to kind of read your players to see if they will go back or not. But yeah, yeah, that's clever. It's cool. Well, geez, we're coming up at the end of our show. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about before we're done? Well, not we, we're not sponsored by them, and they probably will never talk about our channel, but I did notice that uh, Geek & Sundry is doing a big uh, celebration today on their streaming channel, and it's a lot of role-playing stuff, and it sounded really cool about they have the same characters that are going to play over the 12 hours of play, but they're going to bring in different players for those characters at intervals. Oh, so that's kind of same characters, different players over a 12, 12 hour span. I thought, Oh, that that's an interesting idea how that might work out. That was kind of cool. So if you want to check that out, I think it's happening at like 12 p- 
Pacific, so it's probably in a couple hours yet or two hours yet. thought that was kind of cool. I wanted to give a shout-out um, to Indoor Adventure. We, he contacted me. He was a subscriber from last week, he, uh, and we're going to do a one-shot with him. So we're getting some players together, and we're going to be working it out, and then we'll find out if those players want to um, let us put it up. Then we'll stream it. If the players are like, ah, I don't really want to stream, then maybe we won't. Maybe we won't record it. But so far, he's up for it. So we might be seeing some stream content from one of our subscribers. To that say, sounds awesome. Hey, you get to play in one of our games. So that sounds way fun. <laughs> so, yeah, Indoor's like, I'd love to stream it. <laughs> oh, and Sky so, yeah. Mist, I completely agree with you. XP is a great way to reward players without items. Um, and I think I've fallen into this trap where I have given my players way too many magic items. Uh, and they're level nine now and they are just like decked to the nines and some of them had to like retire certain pieces cause they can't attune to them all. And I was I, like, I yeah, I kind of, I kind of <clears throat> hand out way too many magic items. Lesson learned. This is, yeah. this has been a, you know, three year campaign that we've been running or two year campaign, I guess. All so. my players are going to want to play with you because I keep hearing that I'm the stingy DM. Yeah. And I don't ever give out anything. <laughs> so I'm the opposite. <laughs> See, for me, I was like, well, if I was a player, what's fun? And getting magic items is fun. And so I kind of went overboard with it because I'm like, it's fun. And I want my players to have fun. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I like having new toys to play with. But yeah. So cool. This was this was good. I had a lot of fun today. Did you have fun, Mr. Lucian? I did. This is my highlight of the week. Every week I can be tired i can be down i can be sad that my house had water in it and then saturday morning <laughs> happens and i'm super happy and i'm invigorated to do more creative stuff every time we do the show so i love for sure you guys can follow us on twitter um mr lucian is at sir lucian gaming and i am at jordan with a silent ph in the middle uh you can find me on youtube as well i'm sure all of you guys know this but for those of you who don't um and you can find sir lucian right here on twitch so yeah, and links in the doobly-doo uh, if you're watching this on YouTube for all of those fun uh, places to find us. We love getting tweets. We love hearing from you guys. So uh, feel free to send us questions or just you're awesome. And I'll be like, you know what? Definitely. You're awesome. So <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you guys so much for watching today. Um, this has been the Saturday Morning D&D Show. We will back. We blah, 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 blah. We will Take be two. back next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Um, and we're working on getting some guests to uh, be on the show again. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be tweeting out that we've gotten uh, booked a couple guests to be on. We're thinking like one or maybe two a month. And then we'll, yeah. we'll kind of keep it host friendly. And then we'll, we'll have um, some guest hosts on as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, thanks again for watching everyone. And we'll, we'll see you next Saturday for another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.